This is the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, episode number 33. My guest today is a friend of mine that farms just down the road. Known him for about 10 or 15 years, please welcome Brendan Van Heerden. This podcast is made possible by Livestock Veterinary Services in Pitcher Butte, Alberta. Livestock Veterinary Services provides a wide range of services for livestock, including dairy herd management, cow-calf herd management, advanced reproduction services, medicine and surgery, and many more. If you're ready to see their expert veterinary team, call Livestock Vet Services today at 403-732-5322 or make an appointment at livestockvet.ca. Brendan, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. So um, for our listeners that maybe don't know you, tell us a bit about your farm. And I know I've had your brother on a few times and that, but maybe they don't know that. And Yeah, um, family farm, uh, northeast of Fort McLeod Airport Dairy. Started by my dad and about 30 years ago. You guys milk uh, 150 still, right? Uh, 120, okay. 130, so. And you guys do that on a straw pack, not very common, right? Straw pack and, um, kind of an, well, not a, it's an insulated barn. Yeah. And you guys keep it fairly warm in there, actually. I'm just thinking of that high ceiling in there and you guys actually keep it above yeah. freezing all winter. Yeah. So above freezing, but it gets pretty humid in there when it's minus 30 out. Just because the curtains and everything are closed, so... Oh, yeah, yeah. It's pretty foggy and wet. You guys have curtains, like, halfway up the side walls, right? Yeah. Are they those fabric curtains, or are they plexiglass? Plexiglass. Okay, yeah. yeah. Lots of fabric curtains out here don't make it past the first year type of thing, eh? They kind of get ratty and in the wind. Um, But, yeah, I I wanted to have you on because I want to talk about um, your social media initiative with airport beef that's pretty cool yeah but you guys were you planning that or did you just start breeding wagyu one day or like angus one day and they're like oh we'll figure it out down the road um the wagyu kind of started um yeah i heard about wagyu before i was in australia we toured a wagyu uh feedlot they do more of that out there and export it to japan oh yeah so that kind of got the idea and then when we it was only four or five years ago we started doing sex semen and then yeah only two years ago we started doing more beef so you do sex to your top <clears throat> half or something yeah so our top producers and top heifers we breed sex and everything else to beef everything else to wagyu or nope huh. um we don't yeah we haven't done too many wagyu we kind of first started just if we want it for our own freezer. Yeah. So we Do one or ten, two. Oh, yeah. Ten straws and started breeding the odd heifer with them. So many questions. So where do you get your uh, Wagyu semen? From WestGen. Okay. And what does that run per straw, roughly? Well, 30 bucks. Okay. And does it matter whether, like, is it better to get sexed um, beef or not? Or, like, is Wagyu, like, you know, huge calves or... Nope, uh, they're generally smaller calves. Just like Angus, like yeah. black Angus. Okay, yeah, that's what lots Similar of guys do. To that, so. And how do you identify your top half of the herd that you want to breed to sex? Uh, mostly on production and disease resistance. Okay, so not and genomic testing or anything like that? No, we don't yeah. do that. Huh. Um, and longevity, I think, is a good one. Okay. Like, 
and not um, not like genetics either. Do you just go from your DHI stats? Well, because we've only done sexed for four years, we don't have that many cows and heifers that are that we're milking that are sexed because we still ran a bull back then too. So four we, years ago? Yeah. Okay. It's only about a year that we got rid of our last bull we had with the heifers. Oh, yeah. So we still have a bunch of heifers that are from bull bread. So, yeah, f some, yeah, some genetics and, um, yeah, I guess all the heifers, you'd look at what bull they came from and which cow. and. Right. And you just kind of kind of wing it like yeah yeah it seems like a good one to breed to sex and good yeah. from a good family right you guys kind of know your families and stuff yeah. right now so yeah you, you can tell you, which heifers come out of a good cow and they're good heifers so yeah yeah so so these days i you guys got a new herdsman and stuff and so you're you're kind of more in the dairy right like yeah you know doug does I'm, a bunch more of the field work and then you yeah. do the dairy stuff more yeah it's okay. split up that way a bit so we're both involved with both, but yeah, he looks after more of the crop side. Yeah, yeah. Oh, lots of fun. And you guys are slowly kind of expanding where you can and Yeah, so we've bought quote over the last few years since we've been in the new barn. Five years ago we built a new barn, so Right, yeah. You got lots of room, so you gotta fill it up. Yeah. Well, yeah. when we're at hundred and thirty cows then that's pretty full. That's kinda of, we're max there. Oh really? Start putting pens up outside again. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Um, and so this this thing where, you, where you're starting to sell beef, is that taken off or uh, what's the plan for that? Um, what's the plan for airport beef? Uh, just to give consumers the option to buy grain-fed beef from a producer. Right. So we've seen, or I've seen a few different people selling beef over Facebook and yeah. stuff. It's all promoted as grass-fed okay and yeah i haven't didn't see any grain-fed beef so i thought we'd give it a go what do you know about grain-fed versus grass-fed what's the difference there um grain-fed would be higher marbling than grass-fed oh, okay so it's just fat intertwined in the muscle huh so it's not hmm. like the fat you cut off the ends it's the if you see a steak you can see white lines through it like yeah. before you cook it. After you cook it, it dissolves in the meat. Right, yeah, yeah. It makes it juicier. Or yeah. yeah, more tender, juicier. It adds the flavor. Yeah, that's true. So yeah. when beef is getting grated, they, it's based mostly on marbling, and that's just the fat content in the beef. Okay. So, yeah, AAA Canadian beef is, well, I guess prime is number one, which is, I think, hard to get. Hmm. But then more is AAA, then AA is kind of lower than that. Okay, and what's your typical Holstein? That, I'm not sure. We've never I guess had it kind of depends, right? graded. I oh, guess yeah. that would be... Feedlots would know what they yeah, yeah. grade after they... Yeah, I think the, the whole, um, the whole uh, straight-to-consumer thing is pretty cool, right? It, as long as you have someone on top of your Facebook, like, all the time, right? Updating it and... yeah. That'll be a bit of work, and yeah. yeah, sport local is becoming more popular. Yeah, especially with yeah. Yeah, it's cool, and you know where your cattle are coming from, type of thing. Like yeah, I don't know, just something about going to Walmart and picking out a steak. You just feel like such yeah. a such a wimp, right? Know. I don't know. 
But, uh, like, I was asking my nutritionist the other day, like, feed is skyrocketing, and, like, beef hasn't gone up that much. Like, I just kind of monitor it through my call cow prices. It's, yeah. like, it hasn't <clears throat> gone up that much. No, so, not like, compared to feed. Yeah, so, and, yeah, so packers are making that extra money, or what's going on there? Like, that, and not sure. So that could also plead your case. Yeah. Type thing, too, right? Yeah. So you sell by the pound just a certain yeah so uh when we did the little giveaway on facebook then there was a survey and it was just yeah asking what people would want for they would want to buy like a portion of a cow and have assorted cuts of ground beef and roast and steaks yeah or if they would pay more money just to pick for what they want so oh we were just trying to get some more information what people want and yeah it's a good idea so what do you plan on doing with the, the undesirable cuts? Well, if people buy a portion of a cow, so an eighth of a cow or a quarter of a cow, then they would just they get those take two. all the cuts. Right. From I see, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. Roast and ground beef and steak, it's all pretty desirable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what's the most the top sirloin is probably the yeah, but er, yeah, ribeye steak probably. Um, huh. Trying to think here. Tenderloin is also high on the list. Mhm. So that's pretty cool. So you guys started that a couple months ago, or? Yeah, we were talking about it for a couple months, and then, yeah, kind of just put it on Facebook a week ago. Yeah. Um, and how has that helped the bottom line? Like, is that something that's, you know, you guys are gonna keep doing? You think? Yeah, well, we'll try sell it and give it a go and see if people yeah. are interested and if there's a market for it. Yeah, and if it, yeah, we already raised our own beef for about a year. So Great, and your own replacements type yeah. thing. So you got pens anyways. Yeah, so it's kind of a low risk. Right. Option to try it. Yeah. Might get stuck with a couple fats that we can't <laughs> eat right away, but <laughs> put them in the, free- the freezer. Yeah. Buy a couple buy. extra freezers. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a couple of guys in the States that are building their own um, packers or whatever, like their own shops and yeah, whatnot, yeah. but uh, it's pretty scary. Like I was talking to Teo about, you know, they do the whole, they sell yogurt and all that stuff, right? But he said getting it on the shelf, you know, just from from their bulk tank to the shelf, that's one part of the job, but there's a whole another part trying to sell it too, right? Yeah. It can sit on the shelf all year long and no one will buy it. It's a, it's a whole other thing is what I'm trying to get across is like... Yeah, and I think yogurt would be a lot tougher because it has an expiry date. Yeah. beef you yeah. can freeze for quite a while. And well, I mean, they have cheese too, which is a bit yeah. longer, I'd imagine, but... Yeah, just a whole other um, line of work too, but see how it goes, I guess. Um, what, how has, uh, COVID affected your daily life? Um, not very much at all, except we can't go to restaurants and... Yeah, you're stuck at home eating your own top yeah. sirloin anyways. <laughs> Ribeyes for days. Yeah. What do you think of the new restrictions? Um, yeah, I wouldn't say I agree with them. So, I think it's time to open everything back up. What about grandma, though? He'd be killing grandma. Grandma can stay safe. Yeah. I think so. And there's vaccines rolling out, so... 
Yeah. If their vaccines are available to them if they want it, then... Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think as soon as they're they're for sure available to everyone, like yeah. they're about they're available for forty and up at this point, yeah. right? Something like that. Yeah, my parents got theirs. So. Oh yeah. yeah, the blood clot one or the other one? <laughs> no, the good one. <laughs> huh, that's good. Yeah, I think my parents are gonna get theirs too eventually. So that's good though. Yeah, I agree. We should totally open everything up. It's getting crazy. More lockdowns. It's nuts. So you guys farm two or three thousand acres, right? Yeah, about twenty five hundred. Oh yeah. So how much do you have in hay right now? Because that's my Just other one quarter. Oh, Actually, okay. one quarter and then hundred acres of dry land, but that'll be coming out this year. So, so you can buy a lot more hay this year. No, one quarter at irrigation is lots. Oh yeah, you get uh, three or four cuts then. Yeah. yeah. Huh? Do you think hay will go up this year? Because everyone's ripping out their hay and putting in these high priced whatever soybeans or not i guess not soybeans around here but canola and barley even and wheat yeah i'm not really sure why hay is so low this year well like the the candy like anything over 200 relative feed value is pretty high still yeah i think it's it's pretty good but comparison to all the other feeds that skyrocketed so much hay was down compared to last year i would think yeah but i th- don't you think that was just all the stuff that's like 170 relative feed value that we had so much of last year? Yeah, that's a big part of it. Yeah, because there was a lot of average to poor quality hay around. Yeah. And then not as much good stuff, so the good stuff was... Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I was talking to people about that, and that, and they had stuff that wasn't even rained on or anything, but was just lower quality because it grew so fast. Yeah. Because we had a, a pretty good year last year. So it would be interesting to see what it does this year. But you guys buy just your concentrate, right? Yeah. Or actually not even all of your concentrate. You buy a mineral package. No, we buy our concentrate. So we roll our own barley, but right. we get a supplement from Nutrisource. Right, yeah, which has all your corn and soy yeah. and all that stuff in it. Yeah. So what's production like on the farm? Um, It's good it's been higher but it's not as high as we've been yeah uh just over a year ago or i guess a year and a half ago we started doing three times a day oh yeah yeah and then yeah or production slowly crept up and then when we got quota cut back because of covid then we went back to two times a day oh okay yeah so yeah it's about one to one and a half points of butter fat down from where we were from just you figure it's due to that th- that uh, three times a day yeah really i think yeah it was hard to see it because it took like six months to gain that extra one and a half so yeah it's just a slow progress coming up and then when we switched two times it didn't drop right away but yeah over the next six months it was back down to kind of the 1.4 oh yeah yeah hmm and how many uh heifers and and what's the What's the uh, percentages of heifers in your herd? Just because I'm, I'm kind of wondering because I have fifty percent heifers in my herd right now. I'm just like, oh, I gotta wait this out type yeah, of thing. I can't just start culling heifers, right? Yeah, it's a little bit tricky. I think a lot of people have the problem of too many heifers. So we have, yeah, about forty five percent heifers. Okay. And yeah, it's just too many, and 
a lot of people have too many heifers, so there's not really a market for them right now. Yeah. And you guys are a closed herd, right? So you don't, you wouldn't yeah. want to buy heifers, like stop raising your own and buy. No. I, yeah, I guess now it would seem to make sense to stop raising your own, but who knows what heifer price will be in three or four years. Yeah, I know. It takes two years to raise a heifer, so. I know. Yeah, well, two, uh, three before you get anything back, right? Nine month, you got to yeah. add that nine month gestation in there too. Because we bought yeah, five or six when we moved into the barn. Oh, yeah. Just we to were, get your production up. Yeah. And then, yeah, then they were still worth good money. But. Yeah, it's so tricky because, like, they've been, uh, I would say, pretty close to what I could raise them for, you know, for a couple of years now. Yeah. You know, compared to what I can buy them for. But um, I was just kind of wondering, like, you know, what the genetic value is of some of these heifers that I'm buying, right? Yeah. So it, Yeah, we sold some heifers last year, but... Yeah, only get about two grand a piece for them. And they're right. nice heifers. Right. Well, I mean, not your best ones, right? No. Yeah. They're not the <laughs> so best that's ones, the thing. They're, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I have the same thing because I'm here anyway. So, and I kind of have the pen space at this point. So I figure I might as well raise my own. But it is nice having a closed herd. Yeah. What do you see as far as benefits from that? Just no introduced disease yeah so we've been doing more leucosis and yoni's testing okay so since we have so many heifers that help pick out cows that you want to get rid of right how do you do that again is that through blood samples or milk with heifers it'd be blood samples yeah so um yoni's you can test through milk but it doesn't usually come up till the third lactation so they could have yoni's before but you would never know unless you did a blood sample. So you mm. can do blood samples with yonis. And then we got all our cows tested for leukosis through the University of Calgary. They were doing oh, a research right. yep. thing. So. so they came and did all blood samples? Well, they did blood samples on the dry cows and then milk samples on the okay. milk cows. So. Huh. Interesting. And did you have to call a whole bunch or...? Um, or there was more yeah, than you expected? So, no, I think, yeah, we didn't test much in the past. So we really didn't know, but it was 9%. So we had 13 huh. out of our 140 calves, huh. which was from what the farms they tested, he said it was on the low end. So Okay. And we've called a few since then. and But they could have potentially passed it on in the meantime. After yeah, but it's got to be uh, passed on through the blood. Oh, really? Not through manure? Yeah. Yonis would be through manure. Oh, not leukosis? Not leukosis. Leukosis is through the blood, so... Yeah. Now we change needles between every cow and... Really? Huh. I think that's our biggest thing we changed since testing. Huh. I see. And what's your uh, conception rate? Uh, kind of 45 to 50%. That's pretty good. Yeah. Huh. And do you guys do a lot of that uh, sex on your heifers then too? Is that the same story with your heifers? Yeah. So heifers will generally get sex the first two services. And then if, yeah, if they're a problem breeder, then we'll do Angus or Gregory. Right. Yeah. But yeah, most of the heifers get sex the first time. Huh. 
And so you went to um, Olds College, right? Yeah. This is where you, this is where all your knowledge is spouting from. Just so it much knowledge. Be, yeah. yeah. Learned a lot. And you did agronomy there or something? Um, yeah. So I did egg management and then. Uh, Miller Lite. Production. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I majored majored in production and then I based it on yeah, genetics and nutrition. So the few extra courses that were option or yeah, that you had the option of choosing, then I did the genetic and nutrition side. Huh. Which it was all pretty general. Right, yeah. And would you recommend it to other kids coming off the farm or Yeah, for me it was good to get out of the house and it was right. an old so learn to be independent and right. learn more about farming and why you do things. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah, so I had cared more about farming when I left there than when I went into school, just because you right. learn all the concepts and yeah. reasons behind everything. Huh. More about cows. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That I took an AI course there, too. So okay, yeah. That's where I learned how to AI. I used to think you had to have that course in order to breed a cow. <laughs> it's like, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I don't have my AI ticket because no. that was a big thing. Everyone did this course, and then they were, you know, yeah. people trusted them to breed their cows, type of thing, right? But and then I just like asked a neighbor guy how to breed a cow, and like his routine basically went off his routine, and then just started breeding cows like one day, yeah. right? No, it's not rocket science. <laughs> well, there there is some like particularities when it comes yeah. to your routine that you should have down pat like that i keep i'm finding out these days i'll read an article you know in some paper but you know you shouldn't um uh you know how you you lift your um what's that thing called out of your out of your nitrogen tank yeah well if you lift it out too far too many times i guess your your um semen mobility drops every time right yeah. by a percentage right so yeah. the less times you bring it out above the neck well yeah. i try not to bring it Bring yeah, it so out above the neck keep at all. Keep it as low as possible. Yeah. And you try to be fast. And yeah, and have your um, your straws divvied up between, you know, all six canisters or whatever, right? Yeah. That way there's less um, opportunity for that decrease in semen mobility. Yeah. But just little things like that and, like, stuff with your technique and, and you, yeah, you just learn over the years. That's kind of cool. But, yeah, it's funny. I, I, yeah, I refuse to breed anyone's cows because then they you know they'd ask yeah. if i had this ai ticket it's like no sorry can't do it but yeah well thanks for coming on the podcast and yeah thanks for having me sharing all your your vast knowledge with me <laughs> so much knowledge <laughs> um yeah thanks for coming on and take care thank you Thank you for listening to the Faraway Farm Boy podcast, episode number 33 with Brendan Van Heerden from Airport Dairy and Airport Beef. Join me again next week.